Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, as we take time out this morning to look at your scripture, Lord, we pray that you would put me behind the cross, that your words and your thoughts would be mine. And Lord, if I misspeak today, forgive me and let your message be heard. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you turn with me in your Bible to Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. We'll read this together. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. You may be seated. So our beatitude for this week is Matthew 5, 4, and it says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And as we continue this journey through the Beatitudes, we also continue in our quest this year for revival. We see a, a pattern in these Beatitudes that, that presents words put together that, that often don't really make sense to us. Blessed are the poor in spirit, and now blessed are those who mourn. You, you know, that's the good news that only the gospel can bring. The Greek word used here for mourn is, is one of the strongest words for mourning in the Greek language. It is the word which is used for mourning for the dead, for the passionate lament for one who was loved. It's a kind of grief that takes such a hold on a person that it, that it cannot be hidden. It's not only the sorrow which brings the ache to the heart, but it's a sorrow which brings the irrepressible tears to the eyes. We've all felt that. Last week when we started looking at the Beatitudes that Jesus gave us in the Sermon on the Mount, we, we call them the Beatitudes because these are attitudes that are supposed to be in our life as children of God. Last week we looked at being poor in spirit and Jesus said that blessed are the poor in spirit for they will inherit the kingdom of God. And if you remember, we said that being poor in spirit means blessed is the one who's realized their own helplessness and who put all their trust, their whole trust in God. And when a person realizes that helplessness and has put their whole trust in God, they become completely detached from the things of this world and they become completely attached to the things of God, because we know that God alone brings joy and happiness and help and hope and strength. 
It may be one of the most important Beatitudes that we discuss because we realize that we aren't really relying on Christ for all things. That if we're not, we can't possibly reach our God-given potential, right? And that humility allows us to see the greatness of God. Well, this second Beatitude builds on that. Blessed are those who mourn. So why is, why is mourning a good thing? Why is mourning a good thing? Well, first, it, it's good to mourn for our own sins and our own shortcomings. In order to see the whole, our whole need for God, we have to be repentant and sorrowful for our sins. And to repent is to confess and to change direction, right? Is to repent and turn away from that sin. We don't have the power to overcome this sin on our own. We just don't. That comes from God and God alone. And if you truly love God, you want to do everything that you can to avoid sin. Now, now we all know that King David, right, he, he, was, he made mistake after mistake. King David was not perfect. Specifically, if we want to talk about the story of Bathsheba. Yet Jesus, uh, God described David as a man after his own heart. You see, David was a person that mourned his sin. David realized that he had sinned against God and it brought anguish to his heart. Psalm 51, in his grief and sorrow, David um, wrote about what he had done with Bathsheba and her husband. Psalm 51.1 through 4 says, Have mercy on me, God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from sin, for I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. And then David went on to write, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. You see, in, in, the, in, that, in that writing, you can hear the sorrow. You can hear the genuine sorrow, sorrow and repentance in David's, David's voice, in David's words. David longed to be in the presence of God. And have the joy of salvation. We know as David did that sin can be costly. Sin's not cheap. And when you sin, how much does it grieve you? Does it grieve you? Mourning our own sin is a good thing. Usually when we think of mourning, we think of someone passing away and mourning the loss of a loved one. And we feel like it's our responsibility to be strong for everyone else. Don't show weakness, right? Don't show that side. But Ecclesiastes 3 says that there's a time for everything. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. We see in the scriptures, Joseph and the Egyptians mourn Joseph's father for 70 days. Studies have shown that, that you need mourning after a significant loss to really return to a normal, healthy self. If you don't deal with your feelings, 
it leads to further problems. The scripture says that there's a time to mourn, but there's also a time to get up and to get life back to normal again, to move forward. God ministers to our heart through the Holy Spirit when we're grieving a loss, and that Holy Spirit is called the Comforter for a reason. It's healthy to mourn, and it's good to mourn. And through our mourning, we receive comfort from God. It's good to mourn with the people around us. Look at our world today. We're surrounded by people who are hurting. People at home, in our own homes. People at work, at church, and in the community. People are just like us. They have losses and they have pain. And they need support of others. John 11.35 is the, is the shortest verse in the Bible. Everybody knows what it says. Say it with me. Jesus wept. You see, Jesus came to Bethany, to, and his friend Lazarus had died, and Jesus knew that he was, what he was capable of doing and knew his plan, but he was surrounded by these people that were mourning and crying for the loss of their friend and their brother, their loved one. And Jesus, full of kindness and sympathy, felt their pain, and he mourned with them. He took time to mourn with them. It's important that we mourn with our friends and with our loved ones. Romans 12, 15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. This is what people who love each other do. They take care of each other. When someone has something worth celebrating, you celebrate together. When someone has a loss to mourn, you mourn together. That's why we have funerals and memorial services and graveside services. We gather together to pay tribute to someone who has passed, someone that we love. But we also take time to give thanks to God for the life of the person, for the legacy of the person, for the memory of the person. And mourning others shows that we have a heart of compassion like Jesus Christ did. Jesus has called us to that same life of compassion. We also mourn for people who don't have a relationship with Jesus. We know there are those people out there. And this is not looking at them from a, from, from a, from a point of, I'm up here and you're down there. It's just we feel the loss that they have in not knowing Jesus Christ. That's not to say that they're not affected already by sin and loss. It just may not call them to action like Jesus calls us. The sins of the people around us should break our hearts. Luke 13.34 said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you, have, you, who, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Jesus was mourning for the stubbornness and the disobedience of his people. How many of y'all know someone in your life that's stubborn and disobedient and we mourn for them it's neat all the wives that i the husbands didn't notice the wives turning and looking at them just then that's a whole nother sermon because they were living in sin and they refused to do anything about it what about you do you do you mourn for the people of Wise County, who don't know Jesus, the people of Decatur, 
You know, we talk about every church has got its group of folks that show up, but outside of that, there are lots of people who don't have any kind of affiliation. Do you mourn for them? Do you pray that they might have that relationship? If you truly mourn for the people of our community, you want to make a difference. You want to share with them. Mourning for them doesn't mean judging them. The world's a much sadder place if, if there weren't others who cared about the sorrows and the sufferings of others. That compassion. And sorrow can do two things for us, see? It can show us that the essential kindness of our fellow man. It can show us the comfort and the compassion of God. And it's in times of greatest sorrow that we find our neighbor and God, or that they find us. Think about Mother Teresa for a minute. How many, how many lives did she touch throughout her life? Had she not had the compassion for others that she had, many lives would have been lost. She was one of those who just kept on. You know, she didn't, she didn't do the take a break for a while and stay home, sleep in. She was up every day caring for her neighbor. She mourned for her neighbor. And also, had she not been there, the quality of life for others, for many others, would have been seriously affected. Christianity is caring, and this, bless, this beatitude means blessed is the one who cares intensely for the sufferings and for the sorrows and for the needs of others. It means blessed is the one who is desperately sorry for their own sin and for their own unworthiness. You know, the, the world that we live in, there's a, a great laughter at sin. You know, it seems like the, the more wretched things are the greater the entertainment satan loves that we are called to mourn at the presence and at the consequence of sin instead of laughing at dirty jokes or laughing at the expense of others we're not called to be superior we're not called to be greater than we're not superior to anyone. Mourning is part of life. If you notice the verse, blessed are those who mourn, it's very emphatically present tense. It's, it's in the present. Blessed are those who mourn. It's not just those from time to time who have a, an experience of mourning. This is consistent with Romans 8.18 and, and following where Paul talks about the sufferings and the groanings of life exist because we're part of a fallen world. Somehow we've gotten used to the brokenness and we're not mourning it like we used to or like we should be. And something's wrong with that. Mourning is a proper response, an appropriate response to sin and to brokenness. Scripture says rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. That goes together in all things. And as we share mourning with each other, we share worship with each other. Friends, we need to be inviting people into church. We need to get them here so they can hear the message. We're not asking anybody to switch churches, to, to jump denominations, to, to, to 
betray the place that they feel comfortable. We're reaching out to folks who don't have a home and saying, look, we got some good news to share here. Come and hear what it's about. Make your own decision. Don't, don't listen to me. Don't even listen to Donnie. Pick it up and read it for yourself. Because God tells you in plain words that, that he's never going to leave you, never forsake you. It takes the love of God and the promise of Scripture and the good news and the love of a community. And this is the place where people find that. And the result is comfort. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.